So a guy walks into a bar and says, Hey, I'm looking for true human connection. The bartender looks at him and says, Well, what does he say? Welcome to the Surf Conscious Podcast, where service is self-mastery. It's everything, actually. It's where life happens, and it has everything to give you. Let's talk about how. All right, service versus hospitality. The final showdown between two different sounding things that may or may not be the same thing. Which best defines what we're talking about mastering here in our lives when we're talking about serving or when we're talking about being hospitality professionals or just being generally hospitable people? What is the higher form of the art of service? Is it at its highest when it's hospitality or is just straight up service enough? This question of service versus hospitality was first raised by Danny Meyer, the restaurateur, who uh, basically transformed what the high cuisine experience can be. He took fine dining and he made it so human, so conscientious, and so rigorous that he absolutely set a new standard across the entire contemporary world of service establishments and has since become an absolute industry magnet. I mean, he is obscenely wealthy thanks to um, Shake Shack, his entry into the fast food domain that was literally just for laughs and turned into more than 200 locations around the world. It started as an art installation in... Uh, a New York City park and just ran away. It was it was just fun because he basically was fine dining until that point and thought he'd bring that sort of sensibility into fast food and ended up opening a fast food place that everyone liked better than any other <laughs> burger joint they'd been to. So, so yeah, that is a funny story, but that is really not what interests me in his work. Uh, his success, although his success is a result of a attention to the guest experience like no other. And he ended up writing a book sort of elaborating his philosophy about hospitality called Setting the Table that I recommend reading not just if you are in the food and beverage industry, but if you're pretty much anyone in the business world. And in fact, Jim Cramer who is like a stock market guru and like, you know, Wall Street dude, called it the most important business book of our time, which is a fascinating crossover uh, into the world of the business savvy. Yeah, so Danny Meyer um, combined an incredible business savvy with an uncanny um, ability to know how to make people happy, uh, which then can translate into success doing anything. If you know how to make people happy in any realm, then success is being fertilized because that's pretty much what everyone wants is to be happy. Even if it seems like their behavior is not serving happiness, 
they ultimately want happiness. They just might have a counterintuitive way of going about it. Everyone wants to feel better than they do now. And when you walk into a place that Danny Meyer is hosting, you are going to feel better than however you're feeling. Because he made an art out of giving people a sense of warmth and belonging and being nurtured and cared for. So I'm really excited to have uh, Danny Meyer here today to share his secrets to success and talk about his latest projects. Hey, Danny. Okay, yeah, he's not there. (laughs) He's not actually on the show today. Um, (laughs) The guy that turned down contributing a paragraph to Tim Ferriss' latest book because he was too busy definitely doesn't have uh, room in his schedule to be on my fifth podcast episode. It's just me giving, you know, a book report (laughs) on setting the table. Uh, I'm going to be talking about um, some very important principles in it. In fact, one central aspect of it pretty much feeds the entire podcast. And to this day, no one has written a hospitality book that is more important. Um, which I'd love to rise to the challenge of. <laughs> Not to outdo him, because I couldn't do what he does better, obviously, um, but um, to write another book on hospitality that people can refer to and get some guidance of how it works as an art. That is something I am now publicly declaring I will do, because it needs to happen, because it just doesn't exist. We've got Danny Meyer's book, which is part business book. And actually, it's he's, so, he's such a savvy businessman that that aspect of it almost takes over. But just as Elon Musk is still fundamentally an engineer and has insisted that he be referred to as one rather than like a business magnet, uh, Danny Meyer is still fundamentally like a hospitality guru and just really became an industry leader at doing that, making a business out of it. Big or small, his principles can be very effectively applied to success in anything. But the focus I want to make right now is kind of the core of everything, and it's an important distinction he made between service and hospitality. By his definition, service is simply ticking all the boxes in the very mechanical, basic sense of providing someone with what they need. They get there, their table is ready in a timely fashion, they are seated, their jacket is taken, they order the food, it arrives correctly and expediently, and any problems with it are attended to and rectified, and they get the bill and they aren't being charged for a bottle of champagne they didn't order. You know, it's just everything goes as it should in the mechanical sense, right? Hospitality, on the other hand, is the next level of the experience. It is how you make the guest feel, how friendly and personable you are, or how friendly you aren't if it's clear that they don't want to be bothered. How many little things have you noticed about them 
that can possibly become an entry point to make their night that much better. For example, they may talk about like forgetting to uh, buy cigarettes and then you run out to the shop and you get them a pack of cigarettes or you just like grab a cigarette from uh, one of the staff and present it to them on a, on a tray and say, here, you know, didn't want that to, to preoccupy the evening. <laughs> and, you know, those those things are like next level hospitality gestures that are very human and warm. So basically service is something that a machine can do and hospitality is something that only a sensitive, caring, conscientious human can offer another human. And you in particular put your individual stamp on hospitality. It's not just simply the sort of procedural code of the restaurant. This is how you punch in an order. The dull yeses and nos. Can sauce be on the side? Yes, no, etc. Hospitality is what sets the experience apart in any venue. And Mr. Meyer, you know, peppers the book with all kinds of stories of hospitality triumphs, you know. Things that he did that were, like, creative and almost heroic to create a unique moment that a guest doesn't forget. A unique moment that's individual to them that suggests, this place really cares about me. As an individual, it's not just trying to impress me with its incredible food and its incredibly poised and attractive employees, right? (laughs) So this distinction is very valuable to make in the context of a restaurant or hotel or something where hospitality is a focus. It is good to know when you're simply just doing your job in the sort of rote mechanical sense and when you are actually going beyond that and just making someone feel good beyond just the protocol to be polite and friendly and make them, you know, feel good. It's more like, wow, this person really cares about me. This place is special, right? And every company wants that. Every company wants their user experience to be like, wow, right? Once at this uh, bar I worked at, I had this guy come in uh, regularly to hang out. He was a user experience designer. And in case you don't know what that is, it's someone that works for a usually a software company. And they basically make the software human. So, you know, software is generally designed by technicians, people that have incredible uh, technical ability and know how to create something that makes functional sense. But these people, you know, not to stereotype, may lack a sense of the sort of nuances of human emotion and generally how it feels to use something experientially, right? So often they end up working with someone who may have a technical background, but more likely a strong pedigree of, you know, arts, humanities, uh, psychology, things that study aesthetics and the human experience and all of those kind of less 
technical things to give a piece of software a more appealing feel, you know, that goes beyond just technical know-how and into understanding how humans interact and respond to things. Anyway, this guy, this user experience designer, said that he loves going into bars. He just goes into bars and he just takes it in because bars are a, like, three-dimensional passion play of user experience design. A truly vivid example of functionality needing to meet with aesthetics and much deeper sort of human psychology things. It's all happening at once there in a bar. And it is very interesting to observe. And when I go to a bar, I always pay attention to all the layers of the user experience because so much has to fall into place. There are other really good examples of this. Uh, Disney World would be one of them uh, now that I live in Florida. I'm hoping to make a field trip to Disney World to get a sense of the enormous technical and aesthetic symphony that is the user experience of Disney World that implements so many aspects of hospitality into their very immersive aesthetic experience. And as you've probably heard, you would be hard-pressed to find anyone at Disney World that is doing their job in a sort of rote, mechanical, mindless way. Everyone is obligated to have tremendous commitment to the elevated experience of any of the guests. And that is basically what uh, Danny Meyer did for years leading up to the opening of his first restaurant and years thereafter to continue to develop ideas. He traveled the world to, you know, mainly Mediterranean uh, bistros and trattorias to analyze their user experience and see how things made him feel and why they made him feel that way and sought how he could bring that to America. And if he ever opened a theme park that had the resources to compete with Disney World, I would have plenty of faith in it, considering he has the same depth of understanding of the user experience that Disney World has. And so thinking about the differences between the sort of mindless way that people do their jobs versus the very uh, conscientious and savvy way that they can do their jobs is extremely important. And he makes that distinction very well. And it is important for anyone that has any job to know that difference. Uh, That same goes for like corporate world. If you're in the corporate world and all you're focused on is the rote mechanical aspect of doing your job versus the higher order contributions you can make to the company, then your success and job satisfaction will be reflective of that. The service environment is a shining example where you can make these higher order contributions. And it can be done on an extremely human level. It's just about making people feel good. Something that is uh, an everyday imperative anyway. You don't have to like develop something that gets patented <laughs> like you would if you like worked in a technology company. All right, you don't have to like come up with a new department structure that like transforms how the company runs. It's a very simple everyday thing that makes a difference in hospitality. 
that just involves showing that you care about someone. That's it. And if you want to enjoy life, it's pretty much the same imperative. Care for others. Make them feel good. That's it. And this Danny Meyer level of hospitality where you are creating special, unique moments for people to lift them up is very much exemplary of mindfulness principles found in Buddhism and Zen and Taoism where you are acknowledging the moment as sacred and special and unique and doing whatever you can to nurture it. Living this way is very much a sign that you are awake and alive versus sort of in a trance of dead-end, everyday, patterned experience that is uninspired. Engaging in the uniqueness of the moment is really the whole point of mindfulness because it gives life its meaning and preciousness. So this differentiation between service and hospitality is really key to highlight what it means to live a mindful life versus uh, an unconscious, asleep life. So the main area that I find this problem with saying service is, you know, on this level and hospitality is on this much higher level is mainly like a semantic one. You know, it's just a matter of like, you know, the intention behind using a word. I get why he's calling service this rote mechanical thing, and I get why he needs to define hospitality as something bigger than, you know, rote mechanical, you know, doing of tasks. It's especially important in that industry. But the word service is too powerful, too important, and too broadly applicable in our lives to be associated simply with order taking and computer tapping. And this, I guess, has to do with the difference in our backgrounds. My background is in Eastern philosophy, spiritual studies, you know, meditation, all those modalities that use the word service to imply something much bigger than just simply doing your job, doing the bare minimum of your job. Service is a very broadly applicable term that has to do with taking who you are and selflessly putting it out there into the world to elevate it or applying that to yourself and elevating yourself. Service is where you're putting your energy with integrity such that a positive outcome can occur for everyone, for the collective of humanity. Even if you are being of service to yourself, it's so that you can be a vessel that is of greater value to everyone, that can export goodness to everyone. I mean, think about the use of service in any other avenue of life. I mean, if you are like helping the poor, you are a person of service. Mother Teresa was a servant of humanity. If you are on a spiritual path, 
that is modeling itself after some like divine example, then you are of service to that example. Like in, in yoga, there is bhakta yoga. It's the yoga of devotion. So you pick like a paradigm, like, you know, this god, this enlightened master, this this example of like, you know, incredible virtuous human traits. Well, beyond human traits, as far as that's concerned. Uh, therefore, you are now in service to that. It's a yoga of service. That's bhakta yoga. That's devotion, yoga of service. So... Service here means something that is so much bigger than just doing your job. I guess it seems that in the food and beverage industry, in the hospitality industry, service has come to mean uh, a sort of everyday thing that's kind of a drag. In North America, and there are definitely other places where this is the case, but definitely North America, we have this air about service as something that is hazardously degrading. So if you're serving in a restaurant, you are at risk of being treated like a servant. So people are definitely reticent to want to do that, want to do something like that. To want to do any job where you are obligating to pleasing others because they are more likely to exploit you and treat you like a slave. And here we have too much pride for that. We're supposed to move up. We're supposed to accelerate and, you know, be at the top of our industry, not at the whims of, you know, people's needs. And yeah, you would not be surprised to find that the easiest way to make someone in the service industry hate service is to treat them like a servant. Like, no, you are not going to dehumanize me into this slave-like entity. I am a hospitality professional, not a servant. And I would like at least a semblance of respect. And I guess people associate service simply with work that is a taxation on uh, their soul, where hospitality can be considered something where they're somewhat in control, or at least facilitating an experience that they can be proud of providing rather than just simply being dragged around by the whims of the guest, you know, which would be like service, which is kind of walks the line between service and servant, right? They have no control. They have no, there's nothing they're bringing to the situation. They're just simply a pair of hands, a pair of dehumanized hands designed to just get stuff for people. So, yeah, I don't want to just give service and potentially fall into the role of servant. I want to be a hospitality professional. I want to be a host who is master of my domain, of course, right? And that certainly benefits everyone more because the guest has more to benefit if they are allowing this hospitality professional to bring something special to the situation rather than just being a nameless, faceless uh, task doer. So I really do get the need to differentiate between a humanized service and a dehumanized service role. I 
just fine that for my purposes of making service a path of self-cultivation, calling it, calling the highest expression of service, hospitality, and just saying that's what it is. It's just hospitality. That's what it is when you take it to the next level. I feel that can be limiting. And I'll tell you why. Hospitality is just one possible outcome of conscious service. It's just one possible intention that it can be applied to. Service can be applied to anything. You can be of service to anything. But the intent of hospitality is generally just for outsiders to be made to feel like they belong in a foreign environment, right? That is hospitality, whether it's a visitor from another country or somebody coming into your venue or establishment who doesn't work there, right? Any, any, any member of the public, especially first-timers, they need an especially higher dose of hospitality because they are more foreign to the establishment, right? To get them sort of integrated with the community of this venue, however that can be done. But calling this service and calling it conscious service and why I chose to use that moniker to describe this project allows us to integrate so much more into the act of service professionally and allows us to make it a way of life a a path of self-cultivation and expands our idea of the possibilities of our jobs, like our roles in service or wherever our role of service is. If it's not professional, if it's personal, if it's, you know, taking care of sick loved ones, if it's running a not-for-profit, it allows us to take everything we learn from every moment where we are in a service role and translate that into every other avenue of our lives. So, for example, the way I serve somebody in a restaurant is practice for how I serve my family when we're dealing with difficult situations. It's practice for how I serve myself in moving towards my highest good in life. It's all service. It's all practice for every other avenue of life. So when I'm then, let's say, in a checkout line and someone abruptly jams their cart in front of mine and says something rude, perhaps, then I've practiced in every other aspect of my life for this moment, in order to handle it skillfully and mindfully. So the boundaries don't end with service. We aren't only like good to people in one place where we are professionally obliged to be. We are bringing this everywhere. And perhaps calling it hospitality suggests it's these principles of making people feel good are only applied to people that walk into our restaurant with a wallet full of cash, right? Or either it's only applied to foreign visitors that we have a cultural obligation 
to make feel at home. When everybody is potentially uncomfortable in a moment, when everybody feels like a stranger, we all feel so strange and afraid of one another that someone who's able to reach out and make you feel comfortable and at home when they have no obligation to, can, can transform how you feel about this scary, strange world of people that we live in, in any public arena, right? In a grocery store, anywhere where we have to be around others and we have our defenses up and might be cultivating resentment for humanity and the crowds, the obnoxious crowds they form, right? So, so service can be taken anywhere And it can look like anything. It can also just look like you taking someone's order and punching it in and bringing them their food. Because that might be all they want. They don't need you to be a maestro of good times for them. And actually, Danny Meyer says that in his book. He says, some people just want to be left alone. They don't need you to rain down puppies and kisses upon them. And the highest service you can do them is to just simply be almost invisible. Fine. Great. It's whatever it has to be in the moment. The highest form of service is whatever the moment demands. Right? I guess it's just a matter of semantics, of just not wanting the good word of service to be tarnished by considering it a sort of deadened, resentment-filled act. (laughs) Uh, When in fact it is a fundamental aspect of being alive. Being properly of service to ourselves and what's important in life is what it's all about. And we practice that in our service industry jobs as well. So I guess the only difference or the only amendment I'd want to make is to call it conscious service. And conscious service leads to better hospitality when hospitality is required. It's not always required. It's very specific, but in his book, Danny Meyer also um, makes quite a strong case for hospitality principles being applicable to anywhere. Any industry, any aspiration you might have, be consciously hospitable and have that hospitality mindset and success will be on your side. So essentially, we're we're not disagreeing on anything except the word, the words chosen in that regard. But it makes a difference for me because I think calling it service, and you can just call it conscious service if you want to separate it from, you know, zombie-like service. Calling it service reminds us of the somewhat sacred nature of what we are doing in a domain that we wouldn't normally consider sacred and would kind of feel cut off from doing anything of value except getting people drunk and fat. No, no, no. Service is absolutely a powerful, uplifting, evolution-driving act. It just depends on your perspective on it and the inner state you have cultivated to bring to the act of service so that it is a 
life-giving act to you and the person you're serving. And really, when you call it service, it maintains our idea that there is a self-other dynamic here. As in, the interstate of the person serving is important. That's what service means. The quality of it is determined by how much the person serving has cultivated themselves to be a vessel of service. And however the act of service goes, whatever outcomes are generated will reveal to that person how much work they need to still do on themselves in order to be a person of service more effectively. So service is both the way of life of someone who's working on themselves and trying to be better. It is the fruits of that being offered to the other, but it is also the place in which we see how far we've come as people and how much farther we still have to go. It's the mirror on ourselves reflected back to us by the person we're serving. And although I guess, you know, hospitality could imply that as well, uh, service and the word service most suggests the interplay of two people where both parties are gaining and growing from it. So even though you are, you know, basically doing something for others, you gain just as much or more than they are. Because that's just what happens. That's just what happens with the service mindset. And hospitality is definitely something anyone grows from. It's just not really, like, implied in the in our understanding of hospitality. So it's really just all about the other and making them feel comfortable, but not really about the sort of the inner game of the person actually hosting someone and being hospitable to them. And it doesn't seem to emphasize the importance of the inner game of this person being really solid so they can be a better person of hospitality. And with service and in like spiritual paths where service is part of it, uh, the inner game is considered everything. And I'm not saying that the person serving gains from service because, you know, they're like putting good karma out there and it's going to come back to them. And, you know, down the road, they're going to get stuff they want, like career or relationships. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying um, service gets you outside of your typical sort of self-obsessed program and into, you know, thinking about others beyond the sort of oppressive nature of your ego and demands it makes for to feel better <laughs> and, uh, and your, you know, negative self-loathing inner monologue gets you outside of that, makes you a happier, more well-balanced, broader person with like a bigger perspective on the world and a bigger sense of themselves. It's not like a material gain thing that I'm talking about here. It is just simply your own integrity getting an upgrade. Serving for personal gain actually cancels that out because it just makes everyone a sort of means to an end. Everyone gets used. Everyone's an object, a tool for your own acquisition. And that's why kind of hustling for tips makes it no longer an act of service or even hospitality and really just a zero-sum game where 
you're trying to gain as much as possible at the expense of others. And I'm, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you're probably not doing that. What I am saying, though, is that you can look at all the subtler and subtler layers of maybe your agendas in doing anything and, and see where, just in little ways, you're kind of hoping to get something back. Even if it's just like compliments or total submission to all suggestions you might have made a dinner guest that evening. The path of service, the conscious one, means constantly examining the person that is serving and seeing what gets in the way of that. Service, in its purest form, requires that. It requires the person serving to always make sure they are doing so purely. And yeah, of course, hospitality to be good hospitality does require that as well. It requires that purity of motive and selfless, caring attitude. But it's just not, in my experience, part of its path of mastery. Like, in the environment where I would work, none of my mentors would offer anything in the way of like self-examination or tools for improving myself so that I can be better at hospitality. They would just tell me do's and don'ts or stuff they saw that, you know, wasn't working. Deeper service paths that I discovered, like the Zen way of tea, that made service a constant act of self-examination, a constant act of getting my ego out of the way in order to really be present for those that I'm serving and revealed the relevance of everything I was doing when I was serving to the rest of my life. Every other avenue in life was benefited by what I was cultivating and learning the Zen art of serving tea. Hence my, you know, new love affair with the microphone. That's somehow happened. You know, it's the um, sudden need to be like, wow, you know, the hospitality world needs to hear about this. And all of these service-oriented practices outside of the hospitality world that can be brought into it to make it like a whole other level of hospitality for the people giving it, especially. And if I decided to once again like be running a venue, and that may happen, my wife and I are um, developing an idea for a tea house that will use these service principles as a sort of platform, um, there would be like mandatory, mandatory tea ceremonies and meditations for the staff in order to connect them with these deeper layers of service and develop their inner game to be better practitioners of service. Okay, so it could be said that I've beaten this one to death. So to sum it up into a few words... In service jobs and in any sort of avenue of life, there is that play between being sort of, you know, doing our jobs, ticking all the boxes, and of course, that deeper human aspect that can be injected into everything, even where we think there isn't a possibility for it. There is always the possibility to make someone happy in unexpected ways. That's, I guess, a takeaway here. 
All right, so for more content, please check out the Serve Conscious website, serveconscious.com, and reach out to me. Let me know what you think of the difference between these two words, service and hospitality, and what they mean to you. All right, you have a good one. Goodbye.